This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. And I'm Paige. And here's another exciting edition of the MFG cast. Um, This time we're going to be talking about a little convention called Breakout Con. It is a con that is in Toronto, Canada. Uh, It was this year. It was fairly recently and Paige uh, was able to go there and have some awesome experiences. So we're just going to talk to him about why Breakout Con is so awesome. Uh, But before that, let's get into some now playing. Sorry for the... Just like, let's rush into it. But I'm really excited to talk about uh, Breakout Con. So uh, I'm not going to spoil, we're not going to spoil Paige's what he's been playing now because he'll kind of talk about that during his Breakout Con discussion. discussion. Boy, that's going to be fun editing that one out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I'll leave it in so everyone can (laughs) laugh at me. But uh, I played played some uh, new games and uh, played uh, played a game that I actually had gotten from Tracy during Valentine's Day. We actually um, didn't play until recently. It's a game that I feel like when it came out, it didn't get as much... I don't know. I feel like I felt like it didn't get as much press as it should have. It's five minute dungeon. It's very fairly simple game. It's just you know depending upon the player count, you have so many cards. They're basically you're knocking down doors and you're you're beating people, but there are there's also like challenges and stuff like that. And to defeat these certain monsters and per- people and obstacles and stuff like that, you have certain color cards. Like you've got your green colored arrow cards. You've got your yellow shields. You've got your blue scrolls you've got oh what else was there your red swords uh and then you've got your purple like cards or whatever those are called and uh basically you've got five minutes to beat this dungeon so you have these little player mats that have uh like a boss but then you have to get through cards like for the two-player game that we played you have 20 cards that you put in but you also you put in two special cards per player, which kind of throw a wrench in it. It could be a mini boss. It could be discarding cards and stuff like that. So it's a co-op game. So as you're going, you got a timer and everyone's, you know, you, you're like, okay, this, to beat this guy, you need four, you know, you need three arrows and two shields. So then everyone's like, I've got a shield. I've got this, I've got that. But the thing that's crazy about it is once you throw it on the table, you can't take it back. So you have to kind of like strategize with everybody to be like, okay, I got this, I got that. And then there's some special cards where it's like, oh, well, you defeat an obstacle or you defeat a person. And there's also your player boards. You've got, there's, uh, I think there's like eight different characters and the boards are double-sided. So you get variety out of them. And it's got a thing where like, if you discard three cards, you can do a special ability, like defeat a person, obstacle, have another person draw cards, I think it is, or something like that. 
or four cards. Anyway, it's a fun little game. It's a cool little party game. I think the more people you get, the more fun it is. I think it's one of those that you can teach just about anybody. And I had a ton of fun. And it's, and it's fairly cheap. It's under 20 bucks, I think. So, I mean, it's just it's well worth the money. Yeah, it's got a. It's the one with the really unique uh, box shape in it, too, isn't it? It kind of looks like a weird like hourglass almost. Yeah, I was. Uh, so that's the one I'm thinking of. And uh, yeah, it looks really good. It's got a bit of a press your luck aspect because do you want to use your stuff now or do you want to wait till later on in the in through the dungeon and for a bigger bad guy or whatever, right? If I remember, yeah, exactly. remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like playing D&D. It's like, you know, if you have somebody that's a barbarian, you're going to have more swords because they're using their sword more. You know, if you have an archer, they've got arrows more because they're using the arrows, you know. So it's like everybody kind of has their amount of cards and their special abilities and stuff like that that kind of work out. And if you can think about it in a way when you're playing with more players, you can be like, okay, this guy's special abilities that t- is, you know, discard three per- three cards, take out a person. So there's another... And I think there's another person that has that same ability. So it's like, okay, you don't want those same people. You know, you want to switch it up so then maybe it can kind of get a good mix in it. And everyone, is, you know, it's just like a good, getting a good party together to go on a D&D adventure. You know, you want to have it balanced. So. Yeah, uh, balance is uh, certainly a good thing when games are sort of set up to be that way, right? You yeah, know, yeah, wanna, exactly. You don't want to buff all the red swords. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, what, what, you know, what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, we actually, the first time we saw this, we actually saw it at last year's Gen Con because they had this fun thing where they had this almost like this poker table, like one of those round poker tables, but they also had, they had a mirror on the ceiling. So then you can kind of like, there's a bunch of people playing. I think they like, they must have found a way to make it like a big, like four to eight player thing where they, they've made it they must have had a couple of different a couple of different versions and just made it a whole big one and so you could kind of see what everyone's doing without having a crowd into them you know you could see it from oh, the mirror okay, just yeah. like you know this is what i'm doing this is what i'm doing kind of thing oh that that's clever so you're not yeah pushing in to see what's going on yeah exactly so you're not you're not disturbing anyone but you're also kind of getting in on the fun so yeah super fun i really enjoyed it another game that we played it was one i actually I actually won uh, from from what's Eric playing. Uh, he had a little contest, and I was able to win uh, the road. Uh, no, that's not it. What is it? The quest for El Dorado. I wanted to say the road to El Dorado, but I think that's a movie, <laughs> so I didn't want to say that. Um, <laughs> but the quest to El uh, to El Dorado is kind of like. Uh, uh, so I was able to uh, play the quest for El Dorado. Um, fun game by uh, Ravensburger. It kind of reminds me of a old game that's out of print now called um boy why can't i think of it all of a sudden journey to the center of the earth thank you journey to the center of the earth thank you disembodied voice um <laughs> so basically in quest for el dorado it's cool because you've got these like hexagonal tiles that create a map and they're double-sided and you you know play certain cards to get through certain terrain like you need like uh, boy i'm gonna have to do more editing on this i have such a hard time remembering right now um, you've got, I want to say Quintana's, that's not what it is, it's, uh, what's that thing that gets you through the woods? Big long sword. Machete. A machete, thank you, disembodied voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Use machetes to get through the woods, or through the forest. You've got 
paddles to get you through the water. You have to, sometimes you have to discard cards to get through. They have these cool little uh, little stopping points, basically that are that you have to kind of get rid of cards or get rid of something to kind of take those out. But then the other person can kind of pass through, and you're trying to get to the end of get the end to El Dorado, and uh, you're using you're using money to grab cards and those cards kind of help you out in different ways and you can buy other cards you've got a buying row but then there's some other cards on top that you can move down eventually when those other rows uh phase uh, run out or whatever and it's a fun little game it's really easy it's 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 super easy to play it's super easy to uh you know teach and understand so yeah it was a fun little game i'm kind of glad we won it and we we're able to play it and I think it's a Reiner Knizia game, if I'm not mistaken. Right I'm gonna look over here. That's, Give me uh, a second. Eh. Yep. You know what? I'm gonna do this whole thing where I walk away from the microphone, and I love when people do this because I'm like, "Geez, why do you need to do that?" But I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm I'm interested. Yep, Reiner Knizia. Yep, fun game. <laughs> Super easy. I love that the starting marker is like Indiana Jones's hat. It's a lot of fun. So, yep, tons of fun. So that's the quest for El Dorado. It's a, it's like a deck building race game, correct? It kind of, it's not, well, yeah, it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, right. you're trying, to, yeah, you're just trying to, yeah, race to get El El Dorado through, you know, all the certain things and stuff like that. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, you are kind of building your deck up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you're here. Right. Thank you for disagreeing with me <laughs> and changing your mind. <laughs> uh, super fun. But, uh, it seems like a good combination. I don't know that I've seen that too much before, and it, it seems like it's a unique and very simple game from what I've seen of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those that's just it's just super easy to to do. You know, you can teach anybody this game. You know, it's like it may look you know on the on the outside of the box you might th- you might think because it just it doesn't show you much. You're like, oh, this could I don't know I don't know if I could learn this, but it's like super easy to. You can teach anybody. I, yeah. you know, I don't even know what the ages are on it. it says ten to ninety nine. Played. We could play this with our seven year old. So, yeah, super easy, Perfect. fun. Another game which I was able to play, which I was really shocked about how fun it is too, is Bob Ross: The Art of Chill. Finally, was able to play that game, and that game is super fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, it kind of reminds me of Starving Artist. If you've never heard of that, but um, this one's a little a little different. You've got Basically, you're kind of you have different palettes, and you've got certain pictures you're you're trying to you're trying to make with different colors. So you'll have these different colors that you add to your hand. But also, Bob is also trying to finish these too. So he's got a little head, and every time you draw one of his cards, if it doesn't tell if it doesn't tell him to not move, his little guy moves. And uh, you know, for each gets closer towards finishing his painting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. Exactly. Uh, there's certain parts of the painting, so if you finish certain parts, so like if there's like a green, a white, and a red, and then you have to have a certain paintbrush too, which is cool. So it'll be like, you know, one's like a two-inch paintbrush or a one-inch paintbrush or whatever, you know. You have to have, you know, the certain colors and then that amount, and then you score certain points based on that, but also you get bonuses. So like, you know, you've got these little uh, square, like little tiles, so if you're the first one to get it, you'll get an extra, usually it's an extra two points. And then the next person below that will get an extra point, And then anybody after that will get nothing for extra points. But then also, if Bob hasn't moved past a certain point, you can also get extra points that way because there'll be like, if you make this 
uh, mountain range or whatever, you'll get plus two points. Or if you make this wooded area, you get plus one point. And I like how in every painting, too, there's always happy little trees. It always is. Oh, doesn't yeah. matter what you yeah. do. And I only played it the one time. And I only saw a couple of them, but I'm pretty sure that they probably did that for most of the paintings because, you know, that's his signature. Yeah. Sorry, the mistakes always turn into happy little trees. <laughs> exactly. I think that's even a quote on one of the cards, which is cute. Um, yeah. They also have this special thing, too, where, like, if you, they have this thing, and I can't remember exactly what they're called. Somebody will be screaming it at me as I'm explaining this, but... If you have uh, two cards that are the same color paint and then there's that special card on there like orange, you can trade in, you can discard those two cards and have this one paint. So then every time you make a, one of those special parts of that painting, you get an extra two bonus points if you have that card. So some of them are paints, but also some of them are like the paintbrushes themselves. Oh, right on. Yeah, and then also you have this die that you roll every time that gives you gives you like an extra bonus like sometimes you'll get an extra action sometimes you'll be able to draw an extra paint card also i the thing i just totally forgot to or that i left out there you have your own board that you use for the paintings and there's one side that an a side that has three cards and then there's a b side that has three cards okay and you can put them on either side but you can't take anything off unless you swipe the board so if you decide to put your cards on one side and the things don't quite work out and the other paint the picture the other painting is done and you're stuck with these paints you have to kind of swipe them off and stuff like that but you can make different color combinations that kind of help you to build to do you know have a strategy on it so it's a cool little like you know there's just little things here and there and everywhere that kind of make this game unique and it's i don't know it's super fun i really enjoyed it that's good that's that's good and it's uh I feel like the theme makes it pretty accessible for uh, a lot of people because everybody knows Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if they don't, they can find out, definitely. And the cool little thing, that too, that I thought, thought too, because when we were playing this, I played this at my buddy Mike's house, and he is colorblind. And so I was like, you know, do you have trouble with this? And he's like, well, I have trouble with, and I can't remember what color he talked about, but he's like, if you notice, on the color swatches, they actually are in, like, certain, it has like a certain shape to them. So like one of them will be like, like there's like a, a point to the left side or like there'll be a point in the middle or something like that. Or it'll be a point to the right side or something like that. So he's like, I know what is what because on the cards with the colors, it actually says the name above it. So all he has to do is just match that, match the shape of it to what's on the top of the painting. So, you know, it works out that way. So I like how oh, they thought good. of that. So. Yeah. And yeah. it's a subtle difference. It's not like they're using symbols. It's just the different the way the paint splattered essentially, which keeps it thematic. Yeah. Rather than sticking out like a sore thumb a bit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's one of the, I think it's another one of the, I think it's another one of those games where it's like you know, it's a super cheap you know, it's a fairly cheap game and it's fairly easy to learn and fairly easy to play. So I think that's yeah. pretty much the theme of the night. <laughs> like, yeah. Really easy to play. Here you go. So. Cheap and easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so we're going to talk about one more game before we're done. Okay, so in the past, I have been the person that doesn't like to talk negatively about a game, but I'm going to be talking a little bit negatively about a game. So another game that we were able to procure via a giveaway, Tracy was able to win Coaster Park from Pandasaurus Games. This game is... 
gosh, I'm trying to think of a good way to say it's a not a very playable game. No matter how many times we've set up the coasters and tried to get them to work the way we wanted to, it's just, it's more frustration than fun. And, you know, it, you know, it's one of those things, even when we had the highest starting part of your coaster and then they, you have these little hill, you've got different sized hills and stuff like that. And then you get the loop and stuff like that, but they tell you don't play the loop in the game. It's just something for fun for later. If you, you know, kind of, if you get the hang of it and you can really, you know, you really want to challenge, like the challenge is trying to get this thing to actually work. It did not work for us, you know, and it's just, I don't like, I don't like being negative about games, but this game is just, I'm sorry, it's just, it was just unplayable. It's just, there just was not an aspect of it that was fun. And I hate calling it out, but I, you know, I have to give my advice whether I, you know, it's good or it's bad. You know, you know, maybe for you, it may be something where you're like, okay, I'm just really into this whole theme of it. I love coasters. I want to try it out. Just be wary that you might be disappointed. Right. Um, did you guys do any research on, um, I think that Pandasaurus had released uh, tips and tricks and stuff? You tried those? Correct. We tried them all. Yeah. We tried, like, yeah. you know, there's one thing where they're like, you know, just try to flick it or try to, you know, give it a little more oomph. Or, you know, put the little things that connect it on the bottom, put them on the top, so then it kind of holds the thing. You know, maybe even, you know, hold them together so it gets a little more speed. It just, it, it nothing worked, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a shame. It really is. Unfortunate. You know, and it's not, you know, okay. So let me say this. Don't, don't, don't read anything on it more than we had a bad experience. You know, don't think, oh, just because this company made this game and it was not good, or this person made this game and it just didn't work out that you can't try the other ones. Okay. Pandasaurus has a ton of great games. Scott Alms has a lot of great games. This is just one. I think that just fell short. Uh, that's too good. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was thematically. It was, it, I mean, I love coaster parks and I would love a roller coaster tycoon style game. And I, uh, I'll probably try it one day anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, and see you know, see how my mileage varies, but you know, yeah, you just never know to each its own, you know, and we've talked about this too. It's like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean you're going to not like it. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody has their own viewpoint on it and that's what we've talked about. So, you know, again, I, and I, again, I'll say it again. I just, that's something I don't like to do. I don't like to talk negatively about it, but I just want to make sure that people know coming into this, you may be disappointed. So, that's right. my viewpoint on that. All right, but let's get into let's get into more positive things. So, Paige, you were able to go to Breakout Con. It was such a far drive for you, I hear, and uh, yeah, you were 45 able five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was in your back backwoods of Toronto, Canada. Yeah. Um, uh, what I didn't realize, and it's funny, I feel like I've heard of. I, I feel like this con has been a, been around for a while, but it's only been around for th- this has only been its third year. Yeah, it um, it has. A- Apparently gotten quite a bit bigger as each year goes by, which I mean, that's a positive because people are coming out, they're planning their, you know, their that specific weekend around going and visiting and playing games, and it's it's incredible. Yeah, um, I believe they had about twelve hundred unique 
people through the weekend, which I mean, to me, that's a decent sized crowd. Yeah. I know, you know, you Gen Con goers, <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> there's more vendors. <laughs> there's more than 1,200 vendors there or something, probably. I don't know. But, probably 12, yeah, more I than 1,200 volunteers, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, but it was it was such a good time seeing seeing people that a i don't get to see very often uh just because of distance i mean it seems like oh yeah you're only 45 minutes out of the city but at the same time with a five-year-old and a three-month-old and a 60 hour a week job 45 minutes is all of a sudden a pretty good hike for me (laughs) so there's that and then there's people that you you know you talk to on twitter and they're they don't even live nearby and they're coming and making it out you get to meet uh, Twitter friends and Facebook people that you don't normally, you wouldn't ever think to meet. So it was, it was really, it's such a positive experience. Nice. That's what I love about cons. That's the thing I think I like the most about it is just yeah. meeting awesome people that you've talked to through the internets and all of a sudden it's like, wow, <laughs> it just makes it so much real, more real. You know, like when we, when I just talked to Carla from Weird Draft Games, she's like, yeah, it's just cool just be like, Oh, this is MFG cast, and I'm like that's kind of cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a neat experience, and you know you've got something to talk about because you're there for the same thing. And you know, I'm I'm from a small town. I don't have people that I can just talk with about games. Yeah. Right. Like I I don't have that, so I can just go in and talk to pretty well anyone, and all they want to do is talk games, and it's like this is. This is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. So is this your first year at BreakoCon? Uh, this is my second year. Nice. Uh, this is the first year I volunteered for it. So I was a volunteer for uh, a few hours. And that was one of the more interesting parts of the weekend for me. So the weekend was Friday to Sunday. And... I think the con opened at 9 o'clock and I was there at 8 a.m. for my volunteer. So I helped set up the lending library and the play-to-win section. And then I was just kind of walking around for the first, until about 1 or 2 o'clock, I think, something like that. And uh, just walking around, making sure people weren't kind of walking aimlessly and looking for games. You know, I'd kind of point them in a direction. And it, it it was awesome. And I got to teach a couple of games you know and just it it was a blast walking around and kind of seeing that people were having fun uh, and I was able to be part of that fun that they had you know whether it was you know lending them the game from the lending library or helping teach the game or getting people together so they could play it was it was a satisfying experience for sure that's cool. I like I like that idea of that. You know, it seems like, you know, to the few cons that we've been to in this, it's funny we've had this podcast for so long and we've only been to a few cons, but it's like, it seems like everybody is always just, just having a ton of fun. It's just, it's cool, you know? Like, I remember this last Gen Con we went to, it was like, even the people that were volunteering to give, like, badges and stuff like that, like, you know... It, 
it's a long weekend. There's a lot of people. You they people could be in really bad moods, but like everybody that was there was just like, "What do you need? What do you got? What do I got? you know?" And like people had you know just crazy personalities and like you know like, "What are you here for? Oh, that's cool. You know, like I don't do board gaming. I'm just kind of here to volunteer. You know, what what exactly are you here for? Oh, that's cool. Tell me more. You know, it's just you know it seems like everybody is just especially for the cons that we've been to, everyone is just very inclusive with it. And that's the one thing I liked about when I, I did just a little bit of research online just, just to find out about Breakout, Breakout Con. And one of the big things that they have is this big paragraph that's like, we want everyone to feel welcome. doesn't matter where yeah. where you're from. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter who you are. We want you to feel welcome. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good... Um... You know, I feel like it's really good for them to do that because, I mean, we're already a small enough community. Why, why segregate it and make it even smaller? It, it, it's not worth the time. And to have everybody working so hard to make sure everyone's comfortable, it's just, uh, it's a solid job on the organizers' parts. That's awesome. So, you know, coming into this stuff and you're, you know, you're teaching games and you're playing new games like. With Breakout Con, I'm just just because I've never been there. Is it something where you're when you go there? Is it something like you're like, okay, I'm looking to play the next big game, or I'm looking to play something that I haven't played before, or is it something that you're looking, hey, I'm gonna be laid back and I'm just gonna play games that I know with people that I like. You know how how did that kind of all shape out when you were there? I'm gonna go briefly into comparing my first year, which was last year, and this year, just because uh, I kind of took two different approaches. Oh, nice. Um, last year, they had a geek list. Well, both years they had a geek list to kind of sign up for games that you wanted to play, and uh, I had gotten in on that last year. And I played Scythe for the first time, Terraforming Mars for the first time, and uh, a f- few others that I had signed up for uh, over the course of the weekend. And I felt like, even though I was there to have fun, I felt like I was rushing around because I had a game scheduled at this time, and then I had a game scheduled, you know, it it seemed like it was back-to-back-to-back by the time everything was done. So I felt like I didn't quite want to have that sort of of mentality going into it this year. So this year, I decided to volunteer instead, which was not a great idea to get rid of that feeling. Because what I ended up doing was volunteering for six hours on Friday, and then I had to run home and get a paycheck. <laughs> so that killed a good couple of hours. And then I came back and I was helping out at a booth as well. So my Friday was just absolutely packed. I had no time to do anything anyway. And then uh, afterwards, uh, like, and then the Saturday, I kind of left wide open with about two hours of volunteering Saturday and Sunday. What I noticed is that on the Saturday, I kind of went in wide open, not looking for anything. And I found myself chit-chatting with a lot of friends catching up and going, oh, you know, we're just standing here catching up. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll play a game quick well, and have a quick chat. And having that sort of time to do that and spread my day out as I kind of see fit and take a more natural approach to getting games on the table. I, I've much preferred that 
on the Saturday. That's that's a good point, and I think we've talked about this in kind of in the past too. It's like with a con, it's just you you know you almost feel like it's like okay, we got these events, we got these games we want to play. Let's just let's just get them in, you know, six months in advance. Let's go boom 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 boom, and then you don't realize. Like yeah. say you're going there just like you are, and you're meet, you want to meet all these wonderful people. Guess what? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, I've got this whole day packed. I can't. I'm never gonna be able to say hi to anyone this day. So then it shortens it out. Yeah. So then the next day, even if you have only a few things planned, that doesn't guarantee you that you're gonna be able to see the people that you want either, because they might be busy too doing things that they're gonna be doing because either they're selling the wares or they're playing games that they want to play, or they're part of you know part of a podcast and they're interviewing people. You know, it's like. It's got to be that fine line where it's like, okay, I can put a few things in here that I can do, but also I got to give myself enough time to eat lunch or, you know, rest if I feel like I'm feeling like crap because these things can really take it out of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, I mean, it was Saturday afternoon before I realized I never ate Friday just because (laughs) I was was busy and I went, oh, geez, I never ate. Shoot. Uh, I should probably think about doing that today. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was it was really a super interesting uh, experience. I mean, not that specific part, but I mean, to see the difference between having a packed schedule on the Friday to having a wide open Saturday was you get to kind of contrast both ways you can approach a con in the same weekend for me. And it was it was really neat. Uh, I mean. I went to a dinner at eight o'clock with a bunch of friends, which we can talk about shortly. But even uh, around seven o'clock, I just kind of saw a friend and said, "Oh, we're just finishing up a game." He's like, "I got to kill about an hour before we go. I got to find something to do." And he was getting ready to walk away, and I was like, "Well, let's let's get a game in." He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we we could do that. Yep, sure." So we sat down and I played Sagrada with Sen Fung Lim for the first time and a couple of friends from Twitter and uh, it was it was great and then we went to dinner and had a had a blast yeah so not not having that pressure to go rush to a game is super super (laughs) well let's before we get to the people which I have a feeling we're going to be talking about that for a little bit let's talk about some of the games so you know we talked about just kind of playing games that are the ones that you are used to, but I'm I guarantee you, you probably got to play some games that you were excited to play that you haven't played before. So tell us about some of that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to preface this really quick with, uh, I went to a Kickstarter release party uh, on the Thursday night and met a few friends there. So I played ink monsters for the first time, which uh, was being delivered that day. It's uh, by Daryl Andrews and Erica. Oh, I don't know how to say her last name. <laughs> just ru- just it. ruin it like <laughs> I always do. Yep, Erica Boyoris. Boyoris. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, so they had a release party, and we I played that for the first time. It's a great game, and I got to play with Daryl Andrews' aunt and uncle. <laughs> And, and I played through and had a blast and talked to Daryl after. And I said, you know, this is going to be a great game to play with my five-year-old. And he said, you know, it's super to hear that you're going to have fun with your your son playing my game. And, you know, it, it's great to see a designer's eyes light up like that and just be so proud to, that their 
the reason we're having nice. fun. Well, t- tell us a little um, bit about how that plays, because I'm, I, I remember the Kickstarter, but I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so you've got uh, a, a dozen monsters in a circle uh, on the board, and you've got a direction, and um, the direction tells you where a pen goes. So you're you're drawing these monsters. You've got a hand of three cards. You're manipulating where the pen goes. You're picking up those monsters and you're trying to collect as many points and have the monsters um, kind of vibe off each other for bonus points throughout the rest throughout the game. And you go around the board, you do, you, you know, you pick all 12 monsters and then you do three rounds of that. You count all your uh, points up. There's actually a really good Ink Monsters app where you just um, you've got this scoring sheet, and it's just the pictures of the monsters of the card, like that are on the on your cards, and it does all the point tallies for you, and uh, it, it's super simple, and it's just manipulating where you want your pen to go, essentially. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's good. That's cool, and I like the art too. I think I remember the art. It kind of reminded me of like, kind of like Monsters Inc. Almost. It's got a it's got a cute oh, design yeah. in every little monster. Yeah, for sure. Yep. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I I did that, and then uh, later on that night, I got uh, my first live physical game of Dead Man's Draw in, which was a, a a neat experience. And so that one is just a push your luck game where you're trying to not match symbols as they're coming out. Uh, it's got a great app. It's a I think it's a Mayday game, correct? It is. Yeah, yeah. that's a great game. I that's one of those that was an app before it was a card game. And both yeah. of them are awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and then I played Cockroach Poker that night for the first time as well. And that is neat little bluffing game where you're just like, oh, I'm giving you this card. It's a cockroach. And you say, I believe you. Oh, you lied to me. I get this card. And if you get three of the same card, you're you're out and everybody else wins. And it's a, I think I like that sort of, everybody wins except one person it's a (laughs) neat sort of it's a nice different you know it's different than what you're used to yeah usually you're not everybody but one it's usually one versus all right yeah for sure yeah and and that was my thursday and then i played splendor for the first time which is i i think it's really decent game it's sort of an engine build you're you know, you're building up your jewels to get better cards and better cards up until 15 points, and then whoever ends up with the most points wins. I it was it was good. It was simple, and uh, I, I think it's pretty approachable. I'd I'd like to play it again. Um, yeah, yeah, another one with beautiful art again. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, what else did I play? So <laughs> I played Castles of Burgundy, and I had just been walking around uh, at the end of a, a volunteer shift and I saw three people kind of struggling through the rules and I said I can teach this if you've got a fourth waiting you know I'll wait to teach all four of you they said oh no we've got an extra spot I said oh I can play but I can only play until uh, whatever the time was that I could play till so it may not be a full game so I got through the rules taught we played through maybe four full rounds, four and a half rounds, and it was just the last little end, and I had to leave, and I felt so bad. Then I said, okay, well, rather than finishing the game, 
at, as it goes around, everybody, like, uh, I think there was three rounds left or six rounds left to do or six turns or whatever. And I mm-hmm. said, that gives each of you control of what I'm doing twice. So you get to make my decisions for me as you're gone. And they said, yeah, no, that, that works perfectly. And I ended up coming in second. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Uh, they, they saw me the next day and said, yeah, you came in second place. I went, oh, cool. Thanks. and what else uh sagrada i played for the first time and that was a that was a fun game i i really like it i was absolutely atrocious at it but you know i I like the (laughs) (laughs) i like the drafting aspect and i mean it is just gorgeous oh my goodness yeah Mm -hmm. i also played witching hour and it was from indie cards and boards and it's a small little card game have you heard of it I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever played it. Okay. It is, I guess you're trying to, thematically, I did not understand the game at all. Uh, you've got, <laughs> you're attacking these, you're attacking each other with cards in your hand. And it's like, I'm going to attack you with three bells. And the other player has an opportunity to defend with three of whatever. And they all have different abilities and everything. But if they couldn't defend, they take those cards into their hex pile and then whoever has the least amount of points after i think three rounds is the winner but i don't understand how the hex piles thematically worked in with bells and mirrors and i i mean they were things and they all had abilities and it was great for that but it was it it was a bit confusing thematically but it was a fun take that game and it was we played that at maybe eleven o'clock at night, nice. and we had a we had a blast. It was fun just screwing each other over and <laughs> having a laugh and stuff. It, it was good. Nice. Uh, so that brings us into probably Sunday morning. Uh, I played Downforce for the first time. Nice. That's I've heard a, only 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 good things about this game. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, it, I was expecting a race game. And as much as there is a race aspect into it, it has no no real impact on who wins or loses the game because it all comes down to the bets you make throughout the game mm-hmm. as to who's going to win the game. And it, it was a it was a good good game, and uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. What else? Oh, I played the uh, the Grim Forest, which was nice. super nice. That was one that I had picked up and i played it for the first time and i just i wanted to kind of read through the rules and uh somebody had said oh i just played this for the first time a couple of days ago so i can teach it for you and i went oh perfect and it's a super simple game and you know it's a bit of a bluff game and you have all these abilities you're building the three little pigs houses and it was you know it's a game that I actually played again today with my dad and my son, and my son just destroyed us. He whooped us. <laughs> so it's it's a good game for kids, and he loved building the houses because they're miniatures. It, it was really good. That's awesome. And the last one that I played was on a Sunday morning, and I played most of a game of Transatlantic. And that's a Mac Gertz game. And he did Concordia, I believe. Nice. And it's a hand management. You've got a you're doing one action per turn. You've got a handful of cards, and it almost reminded me of a very heavy version of Century Spice Road, where you've got one card. You're playing a card 
in front of you and then you've got a card that lets you pick all your cards up and but rather than getting the spices or for points what you're doing is you're setting you're you're buying boats and you're setting them for sale and you're sending them for uh, transporting and everything through different oceans and getting income from that and it was it was a really fun time and you're building your engine up and when we were setting it up I was pretty intimidated by the look of everything but you got into it and it was so so simple and streamlined and everything just made sense and it was I I felt really crummy because everybody had actually had things planned for 10 o'clock and we started at 8.30 and learned the game and we so we played for a bit we all knew it wasn't going to be a full game I think but we had gone through and it was a game where I was like, I I need to finish this. Like, <laughs> I really want to finish this. This is really good. And I, I really love the, the engine building sort of aspect to it and trying to, you know, you're claiming harbors in each of the oceans. And when you set sail in those oceans, you're going to get, a, or you're going to get points. I, I don't remember exactly how it goes. Uh, I mean, it was my first playthrough of it, but it, I really want to play it again. And yeah, that was, that was pretty much the games uh, through the weekend. Nice. Wow, that's quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I keep stats, so it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, about 20 games over the course of three days. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could yeah. do that. I just I don't have the brain for that. I'm just like, man, I just want to play. I don't, I don't care about writing it down, who won, who lost. I'm just like, just play, 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 play. But I have a respect for people that do, though. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I keep the stats on my phone just to uh, just to see how, uh, sort of the games I play. It kind of gives me it serves as a reminder for me as to what I've played and um, whether or not I like things. I like put in little. Notes. Yeah, that's a good idea too. I should do more of that yeah. too because it's funny because even when we do these end of the year things for the podcast and stuff like that, I'm like, oh my god, what did I play? And I'm thinking, okay, because then I have to write it. I should write it down because, like, some of the things we play are not ours. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to, you know, figure out, okay, is this, did yeah. did I play this? You know, did I win? You know, did, you know, whatever. But that that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about some of the people you got to see. Apparently, you got to see a lot of wonderful people, which is awesome. So tell us about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, jeez. <laughs> I don't even know where to start right now. That's okay. Start from the beginning. Who's the first person you bumped into that you're like, oh my God, this person, awesome. Yeah, okay. So coming in, I think one of the first people that I saw and ran into and had a conversation with over the weekend was probably Chris Chung, who is the designer for Lanterns by Renegade. And... I got to chit chat with him for a bit and uh, through the day I was kind of during my volunteering you were kind of bumping elbows with people you really wanted to talk to and I just never had the the time to unfortunately but so Friday night there was a mentorship program for aspiring designers which I joined because even though I do this I aspire to be a designer as well <laughs> so I, I brought my uh I brought my game with me, and I had Tim Brown, who did Gridstones, for uh, and 
Chris Chung play my game. They gave me a ton of great advice to bring my game to the sort of next level and make it something that people would nice. maybe want to play one day. And so I'd say those are the first two that I really sat down with and had a good conversation with. And they are in both incredible people. And as much as it hurt at the time to hear my game kind of get picked apart, the next day I felt so good about having all of the info. And I, I mean, you write all your notes down anyway, but having two, three, four pages of notes of things to work on and to consider because they're putting things in my mind that I hadn't even thought about before. So now I can put that in consideration and sort of go from there. And the general feeling that I got through that mentorship program was that they really want to see designers succeed, you know, and it's such a humbling thing because I don't consider myself a designer necessarily, but it was, you know, it's an assumed thing with the mentorship program oh yeah you're a designer you just haven't been published yet and it's like okay that that makes you feel so good about what you're doing and that that was a really good aspect of uh my friday uh shortly after that um i got a quick game in well one of the ones that i talked about um and i ran into daryl andrews who i caught up with and um, had a conversation with, and he said, oh, uh, Tim played your game earlier tonight, and he is excited about where you're going to take it. And having that, I don't... Did the conversation happen? I have no idea, but he knew that Tim had played my game, and he said, you know, he said this, and it's like, this is reaffirming how inclusive mm -hmm. the community is as a whole. It's not like designers are trying to, well, no, I design the games. It's like, you've got a game design? Come on, I want to see it. I want to help you. I want to, you know, what can I do to get your game published as well? Because I want to see everybody succeed yeah. in that. Yeah, it's cool, to, it's cool to see that through no matter who, who it is. Because it's just like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, they could just be like, okay, we're in competition over each other. I'm trying to sell, you know, more games than, the, than you are or whatever like that. But it, it never seems like that. It really doesn't. Even, even when I've seen people at cons, like go up to like, you know, like a Bonacore or somebody else and they're, you know, going through their game and their game might be the best thing ever or might be not very good and they need some help, but that you can tell they're like, you know, I can even, I've even seen people go, well, this isn't quite my thing, but go over to this booth and this is probably something that they're going to really enjoy, which I love that. Yeah, it, it's, it's such a great thing that they're, everybody's helping one another and it's not, it's, it's a weird thing in an industry because realistically everybody should be really cutthroat trying to get the game signed to, you know, and, and it, it's not that at all and it, it's amazing um so from there i uh so what the booth that i helped with was the kids table ki kids uh, table geez, board gaming group kids <laughs> yes kids table board gaming i just call it ktbg so i couldn't yeah uh, so kids table 
and I was so I had hung out with Helena and Josh throughout the weekend as well and they are just such good people and they're local ish to me because they're from Toronto and they were showing off the Endeavor they had the box for Endeavor they were selling um, Problem Picnic and uh, Food Fighters they were demoing throughout the weekend uh, a new game called Rec Raiders and it's a game about uh, diving for treasures and stuff and it was I actually nice. got to demo it was a lot of fun it's going to be one of the one of the sort of more family weight games it's not aimed necessarily towards kids as much but as a family as a whole but I think it's probably going to be my favorite um, nice that's saying a lot because they got a lot of great games uh, when it comes out yeah no I, I really like what they do and the, you know it's so good when you they're releasing good games and there's such great people and you feel yeah for sure in in, you know supporting your such good people so they actually hosted a uh dinner on saturday night which somehow i snuck in two years in a (laughs) row i don't know how they do it how i did it but (laughs) i got to go it's an industry dinner so i mean there was a ton of people there um you know, Mandy from the Dice Tower was there. Chris Chung was there. Chris Cormier from Geeky Goodies was at the dinner. Uh, Mark Spector from the Grand Gamers Guild. Daryl Andrews, Erica was there. Peter Hayward. And then I was placed beside Rob Davio. <laughs> nice. And I, I got to sit and eat dinner beside Rob Davio. And we got to chit-chat for a good couple of hours about hockey and board games and legacy and you know all that sort of thing and that was it was just so incredible to sit down beside the you know the legacy guy and you know pick his brain and you know how are you getting burned out and you know you just you kind of have a natural conversation where there's no pressure to you know ask these interview-esque questions you're just kind of chit-chatting and letting the conversation go and it it was it's such a different different feeling than a typical interview where you're kind of asking questions to get information it's just kind of you're i don't know how to word this properly but it's just the way that yeah it's just yeah you're just two people having a conversation or how many were just regular people having a conversation and that's I think that's something that gets lost in this whole thing, you know. It's like you get you get you get so nervous about things. Like I remember like when we were at Gen Con, like I got to shake Ryan Lockhead's hand and I was like, oh, yeah. This is right <laughs> this is awesome. You know, you're like you're like you know, giggling like a little school kid, you know, but it's like they're just like us, yeah. you know. It's they just make awesome board games and but they're still regular people you know so you you can't it's not like you can't just have a regular conversation with them yeah and it, it's cool to have that sort of pressure off because i mean i felt out of place but everybody else you know they're all industry you know juggernaut they're people who are known in the industry and it's like okay well they're all just people i gotta i gotta act like these are just people and you know they're all wonderful they're all wonderful so it's easy but you know when you first sit down and you're sitting beside rob it's like oh this is (laughs) (laughs) nerve-wracking but you know it was it was an incredible dinner and uh 
at the end of it, actually, we all got a board game bento box, which is, I guess, a monthly, it's a monthly subscription, which they send you out a box of games. And we, we all got one. We got a big loot bag full of, you know, pins and stuff from different sponsors and everything and a bag and, you know, there was just so much in the bag and it was, it was a lot of fun. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I can go about. I can tell you what I got in the box. I guess. <laughs> sure, if you want to. <clears throat> so in the bento box, we ended up getting four games, and um, so there was two expansions actually in two games, and the two expansions were for the epic PvP game. Okay. It's a an AEG game, and I got the expansion one and expansion two uh, and they were fantasy expansions nice. and then i got the lords of rock which is a small card game uh, i guess about making a band or putting a band on tour i haven't dug into that one quite yet and the big game for the box was queen domino which i had actually just recently got king domino for my son so it was now we got this match and set. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, so now you can play them both separately or put them together for one big game. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's for you there, it's growing as a con, but it's also got still feels like it's got that smaller mentality. So is it, it do you, you know, when you're, you know, walking around and getting these things done, do you feel like you're, do you feel like you're overwhelmed or do you feel like it's just very easy to just kind of go and do the things that you want to do there? I found that it's fairly easy to get around through all the board gaming halls and go chat with people. You know, it's not like there's a big lineup to go talk to designers necessarily or, you know, you, it, there's not a lineup at any of the booths because it's not necessarily a, a buying con. You know, people aren't going there to buy they're going there to play games and more than anything i mean obviously people are going to come away with new games from the booths and everything a little mm-hmm. bit but that's not the priority i think in in this con because of the size it's more i want to play games with people i don't necessarily see and so i wouldn't say it's intimidating to go up to a booth and say hi to whoever's running the booth or whatever the only time i ever felt really overwhelmed is when I had nothing to do and I was kind of looking for an open spot to sit down or you know I was looking for somebody in particular and it was you just kind of look around and you see you know oh geez there's six or seven hundred people in here playing board games right now how do I find the one that I need to talk to but I mean I don't know how magnified that would be if there's 20,000 in a (laughs) a huge hall but yeah, this is the only con I've ever been to, so I don't, I, I don't know how to compare. Okay, right? so. okay. Well, that's that's good to know. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that that's the only one you've ever been to. So, what kind of advice do you? I mean, we've kind of t- we've talked about this in the past, but what kind of advice do you have besides what we've kind of given? You know, for someone that wants to go to Breakout Con and you know play those games and have fun. Well, from my experience, my main piece of advice is. If you have four games that you want to bring to play, bring half that many because you've got to carry them all the time. <laughs> and it's only four games, and you think, oh, it's only four games. That's not a big deal. It's 
a pain to try and find a spot to keep them while you're sitting down playing a game. It, it's 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 tough. Four games takes up space. You know, you're going to inevitably have a game pop up and go, oh, you know what? That's cheap at the con. This, I'm going to grab it. You know, and then all of a sudden now you've got five games. It's like, oh, geez, now i got to find a spot for this. And, you know, you you really need to pack light if you're able, um, is, is what I would say. <laughs> I lucked out, and Chris from Geeky Goodies let me use his, the back of his booth as a... <laughs> as a storage spot throughout the weekend which was incredibly kind of him so thank you to him for that but yeah it it was uh was a bad idea on my part to bring four games even though it's only four games yeah i i would even say you know what there's enough stuff to play there don't even bother i mean i really unless there's something yeah. that you're really looking to play with somebody like you're really there's something that you're really into that you want to bring out i say don't even don't even bother just play what yeah. play what you can there because we've done that in the past too where we're like oh my god we're gonna see all these people let's bring this many games and then like literally like every day we go in the trunk nope shut the trunk you know you go you yeah. did and then you you know buy a buy a game or two and you're like you're you know even if you buy a game or two and you walk around for an hour that gets yeah. that weighs on you. You're like, okay, I gotta put this here. Oh, I gotta, you know, I yeah. gotta, you know. There's even times it's where your you're, turn to carry. It. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's even times <laughs> where you lay it down. And you go, oh, where is it? Where? Oh, it's right here. Okay, good. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I just, I sometimes I say, you know, if, you know, unless it's like super important and you know for a fact that this is something you're gonna be playing, I just would just be like, just play what's yeah. there. You know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's a. I it's definitely something I'm keeping in mind for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Thing that I would say is if you want if you know a designer's there and you want them to sign your game, bring only that game that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you know and then just kinda and be open to playing a new game because even if you're you know, planning on things so one of the people that I had met was a Twitter friend of mine. And we said, oh, we got to meet up. Oh, I'm bringing these games, blah, blah, blah. We played Dinosaur Island because I had just happened to have it with me. And then all the other games we had talked about, I had with me. And we never played them at all. <laughs> like, we played different stuff because it was that was just the way that it it went. And it was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we've got them. But uh, let's play this one instead. You know, oh, the library's got this right now. Let's grab it really quick. So Yeah, that's cool. Are there are there some things that you would do differently that you now that this is going to be like I'm I almost guarantee you're probably going to go next year so like you know like so what 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 would be some things that you would do differently that now that this is going to be now that you're going to be the the official uh, breakout con goer you know what are some things that you could do differently so the last couple of years I have left the con every night to go sleep at my uncle's house in the city which is nearby, but it's a drive away. I think I'm going to try and budget so that I have a room for the weekend mm -hmm. so I can, I, I don't want to feel rushed to get onto transit or, you know, get parking figured out or whatever. I don't want to rush to do that. Uh, I think I'd like to budget so I can just kind of go up to a hotel room and crash out for six hours or whatever it is overnight and then come back down nice, fresh, shower and no driving 
that's the goal. Who knows how it ends up going? But, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least you have a plan um, in place. Yeah, I, I, I have a hope in play. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know that I'd do anything different. I, I really liked volunteering, so I think I would spend time doing that again for sure. But I don't know that I would spread myself quite like I volunteered for the con itself. I volunteered for a booth. I had said, oh, you know, if anybody's like I walked around actively looking for games where people were kind of struggling through learning. And, you know, that was just on my own time. And I taught and walked around. And and I don't think that I, I would still do that. But I don't know that I would do, you know, a couple of booths volunteered for and then the con and then you know i would i would do my best to spread it out as much as i can next time and uh take a bit more time to you know sit down and play games even though 20s pretty good i think yeah <laughs> it was you know yeah there's i think you could always do better because you know i feel i feel like with anything you know your time is worth it you know the your time is money and there's lots of things you could be doing, but you know, there's there's always a way to do it. But also, you know, life and kind of things kind of throw themselves at you too. So it's kind of hard to balance that when it kind of hits you, yeah. you know, because there'll be times where you'll be yeah. like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before you worked a crap ton and you're just super tired and you don't want to do as much, yeah. you know. And I For this sure. is this is something I've said I've said a billion times like beyond anything else take care of yourself you know these cons are they're awesome but they're not top priority you are top priority you know make sure you get make sure you eat eat page on friday make sure you get a little more rest (laughs) you know make sure (laughs) yeah you know make sure you're not burnt out and you're not spreading yourself too thin because those things can really affect you just like anything so oh yeah yeah for sure also something else to add uh, next year I will have a battery pack for my phone because it's hard to find outlets and I lost my charger for uh, the entire day Saturday. It was tucked under my car seat so I had no no charge on my phone pretty well all day Saturday which was, I mean, tragic because it was, it's a long story but I, I needed my phone and I didn't have it and it was just a... It was a pain to not have it, and uh, so I would absolutely have a power pack where I can just plug it in and get another boost on my phone uh, to get me right through the day if when I need it, because it's it's a pain not having it when you need it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's funny, you know, people always talk about like how dependent we are on our phones and stuff like that, but man, especially at a con when you, you know, we talked about, you know, you're talking about all these people that you're trying to get a hold of. Well, a lot of times it's on your phone or through the internet or something like that. So it's like, (laughs) you have to have that stuff ready to go. Otherwise it's like, you know, it's like, I I don't even know how they did it back in the day. (laughs) It must've just been like screaming down a hall, Jim, Jim, you know, I'm just going to write it on a scroll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll leave this piece of paper at the food court. Hopefully someone will see it, you know? So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tragic not having it as much as I don't need it while I'm playing games. I need it, you know, at other points in the day and I didn't have it. And that was not, not good. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Wow. That's crazy. 
but it sounds like fun. I mean, it'd be nice if we were a little closer. It'd be nice to kind of fun and hang out with you. Maybe it's something we can plan out, plan out eventually, and we'll take a nice trip and we'll play some games together. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. You guys can split a hotel room with me next. Nice. Week. There you <laughs> go. <Start> saving. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. So. Yeah, so that's yeah. a little bit about how Breakout Con was for Paige. It was just, I thought it would be kind of fun to just talk to him about it. And hopefully for us, he was able to make some friends that we can actually bring on here and talk to too. That'll be a lot of fun. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> yep, one can only hope, right? When the One day when you can finally say Erica's name the right way, we'll be able to get her on, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's a prerequisite, I think. Yeah, no kidding, right? We'll just we'll just we'll just make sure you do it in a mirror fifty two times before we talk. So <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that was that was another edition of the MFG cast. So until next time, I'm Kurt. I'm Paige. And see you next time. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Legends, one die at a time.